if from the apocalypse, we miss you already, Bell Hooks. This is state of the game. We miss you. We love you. And my name is Dano. I am from the same mystic tribe as Nardwar. Uh, and my co-host is the mentor. You love Anthony Fantano. He mentored Anthony Fantano like Will Smith did Kevin James and Hitch. It was just like Hitch. Uh, music criticism. You know it, Fantano. Uh, so it's K Diggy. Thank you for being here, K Diggy. Mm-hmm. Now, album of the year part two, 25 through one. We're going on. Now, our guest, we, we brought him back. Uh, the fans voted. Uh, it was great. <laughs> he is considered. Now, Mayor Bloomberg said this years ago. Okay? <laughs> this is the Holy Ghost of underground hip hop. That's what that's that's Bloomberg's words, not mine. Uh, gang PTP. I'm glad to have him here, ready and willing to talk hip hop with us and talk music. Oh, yeah. Talk music uh, 2021. Yo, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, here's my defective laundry card. I'm ready. Yep. I'm ready. Um, Bloomberg, Bloomberg has definitely smelt blunt smoke from our our cipher because it was in the 90s so it was a cipher yep. um, but yeah we used to, we didn't realize Bloomberg lived like right next to the uh, elementary school building that school dances were held in so we definitely were smoking L's in front of his crib um, so there's, there's, there's that that's how he found out about the whole you know that's how I found out about me this this <laughs> That's how. Do you think in the '90s that the NYPD taught officers what cipher hats looked like so they could get kids? <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the training. That was part of the yeah. That was definitely like an cipher infographic. Hat. <laughs> um, cipher hats. <laughs> so we talked about we 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 really started talking about it. to recap right. Uh, 50, just to give a quick recap, 50 was Smoke-Filled Room, Juggernaut, Giallo Point, at 49, Esther Rose, how many times? Dawn, second line was 48. Montero, Little Nas X, 47. Uh, Navy Blue, Navy's Reprise, 46. 45, Master Cream, Weight of the World, 44. Wally Clark, Banned from All Bars, 43, Halado Negro, uh, far in, Nick Jenkins, Elephant in the Room, 42, Tyler, uh, 41, Call Me If You Get Lost. I can never remember that. Um, Scorsese and Chumzilla, Dungeons of Doom, Sons of Andre, 40, uh, Hells Angels and Heaven's Demons, I Am God, Dr. Mindbender, 39, 38, Feelings by Brejean, 37, More Mother, Black Encyclopedia of the Air, 36, Tanya Morgan, Don and Vaughn, 35. Uh, Amani, Constant Condensation. Then Lelou's self-titled, 34. Vegas Vic, Zilla Raka, 33. Strong love to Disco Vietnam on that. Uh, 32, King Mike of the Infamous. Uh, and Mighty Healthy, King Mighty 2. Then Casey Musgraves, Starcross, 31. 30 is AJ Swade. 
Avada Kedavra. Uh, Nappy Nina, Jay Words, Double Down, 29-28. Cities of Eve, The Crashing Sound of How It Goes, 27. Luca, Why Look Up, God's in the Mirror. 26. NCL Tim, Doof, Swamp Funk. Sorry to just go crazy list on everybody, but I just wanted to uh, get us where we are. That was a heck of a chunk that we ended on. So mm-hmm. we're gonna bring that energy back. So, and one of the things I put in the breakdown this time was that like the last album before the next set of 10 means a lot to me. It, it's not like, I don't look at it like number 31 isn't good enough to be in the 20s. I look at it like number 31 guards the 20s. Mm. Right? 31 and 30, that's key because that's my pace setter. Like, you're not, you know, you're turning the curb there. So, it's it's weird and it's, it's important. Obviously, it's important. Gary Suarez pointed this out on Twitter. If you're doing your end of your list and you don't have women in them, your list just is wrong, right? Uh, too many great women doing stuff. So let me ask you, would you say the criteria that you use to evaluate 2021's albums has changed from the criteria used to evaluate 2020's albums? Uh, well, yes. And just because the music changed, right? I think mm-hmm. what we talk about on these shows is that this music, every year kind of has its own story, right? It's, it's its own story of what was going on. I think the mm-hmm. story of 2020 was people are sad in their houses and they mm. meet the dance music that they made fun of before. Mm-hmm. Just they need it. They're sad and they need something to unpack and something to focus on. I think the story of 2021 is fuck it, I'm going for broke. Right. I don't know how many, how we're going to do shows or if they're going to really happen in any really significant form. I might have to just make my money on my project, my merch associated with it, my rollout. I might just have to go for broke. Right. And figure it out in a different way. And I think a lot of people went for broke. I think a lot of people did a lot of interesting Mm. things. So that was like the context that you like evaluated and listened to these albums. Under, okay. The albums That's kind of teach me over the year how to evaluate them. And keeping the list running throughout the year helps me with that, right? It forces mm-hmm. me thinking about these albums. The albums on these lists that I've moved up and down the list all year. Yeah. Like, and so I've got real relationship with these albums. Um, but yeah, so Swamp Funk as 26 is critically important because it's the bridge to the top 25. Um, the, so women being on the list is important, but also, right, women being in important positions is important. If you're making a top 50 list and you have 10 women on it and it's 50 to 40, yeah, fuck off, right? Mm-hmm. Bullshit, right? Go, go ahead and give, like, you know, don't, don't rip people off, don't mess with people, don't quota people, right? Uh, we all know yeah. when the Grammys, the Grammys do that thing where they will like print off their list of the biggest selling albums in each category. They'll mm-hmm. take the top four, then they'll put one in that's a little interesting to mess with. 
right? They're like, here's Freddie Gibbs. That's interesting, right? And then the rest <laughs> is just Drake, whatever. <laughs> you know, the rest is like, it's just the top selling. So they're like, that's the game. They don't give Freddie Gibbs the thing, but they'll like invite him. So you'll think, will they? No. Right. So you want to avoid that shit and give people the positions they aren't, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. get more complicated than that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jasmine Sullivan is my number 25. Hotels. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an album that is like some people's favorite album. Like some uh, places are running this number one. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see Jasmine Sullivan getting that love because she's been really good for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I thought hotels was, I said hotels. Hotel. Ho- it sounds like hotels. Hotels. I, I, what I liked about her is this is her most ambitious project yet. And this is her saying, it's like you said, it's, this is her saying, fuck it, I'm going for broke. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I want to make uh, an artistic statement. I know I have the talent. It came out, I believe it came out. Early. She sang at the, she sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl, correct? I think so, yeah. So yeah. it was around that time and she absolutely killed it. So she was having like her moment and then she dropped her album around there. And it was just, it, I mean, it really took a lot of people back of how, about how good it was. Yeah, it really set the pace, you know, early mm-hmm. in the year. Um, she, yeah, it was an album where she fully embraced discussions of sexuality, right? Yes. Uh, and she she had always felt like, I don't know, an, an attachment to the old neo-soul vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, like, uh, holistic, organic kind of uh, positive thing. Right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those videos where India Ari would be riding a bicycle looking at the sun or something, yeah. Uh, like, and that's cool, like, that was cool, and she did well with it. But you know, people have dimensions, man, people have different sides, you know, mm-hmm. and not everybody gets to showcase those sides of themselves well, right? Yeah, uh, as an example, um. There's a rapper named Common from Chicago, and I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you, I can't listen to him talk about sex. I know he has sex. I think it's okay that he has sex. I think it's okay. But I can't listen to him talk about it in a song in any way, shape, or form. It's strange to me. It's, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't fit his experience <laughs> me. What is it that's unsettling about it? That's a good question. I've wrestled with this. I don't know that I know it, but it's just something where he can't pull it off, right? To me, he doesn't work in that space well, right? Mm. Like, he doesn't say any crazy stuff like Kevin Gates says. (laughs) Kevin Gates is an honest fella. He's like, look, this is what I do, you know? Um, and if you come in with a crochet hat and you're on the Apple commercials and you're, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's rough. His consciousness <sighs> got in his way. But it's, but that's an example. Like, 
Now, I was worried about that in terms of Jasmine Sullivan doing a sexual album, but it's a really well-constructed album mm-hmm. um, where she, like, there's great collaborations, her, uh, Ari Lennox, great, great people on there she works with and sounds great on with, um, but there's also voices all through Mm-hmm. Remember the little voicemails and stuff? Yeah. And just people's individual stories of, of their times. Yeah. Okay. Did you, were you trying to say something? I'm sorry. No. He's oh. he's he's getting getting the break in, getting the meal in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think hotels, I, I think uh yeah, it gave an artistic, I think the, the voicemails gave like an artistic gravitas to it. Uh, yep. it, 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 it elevated it from being just an album to being a statement. Or, or like and, a, a human experience, right? Like a yeah. human experience, yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think people aren't used to that. Like in today's, today's music, a lot of it is disposable. Like you hear it, you hear it for one or two, two weeks and then you're done with it. Uh, and, I, and I felt like Hotels was a statement uh that will last the test of time because it's it's something that is not meant to be it's something that challenges you and is not meant to you know be consumed for a week and a half and then thrown away it's something that you go back to constantly maybe you know when you're older you listen to it and you have slightly different perception because of life experiences so that that is an album that people are are going to grow with and come back to, uh, uh, you know, as they get older and you know live and have experiences. Yeah, we will look back on hotels and and say, boy, that changed her career. Mm-hmm. For sure, that changed the whole trajectory of her career. Uh, it, it just loosened things up, where where. Now she can do what she wants to do, right? And um, and discuss what she wants to discuss. And it's not going to be a shock if if she goes outside of that range, right? Oh, for sure. Talk to very talented people who are very good at a specific kind of thing. This is what I was trying to get to with the common stuff. People who are very good at a thing, their audience loves that thing. And now they don't know how to go to the audience and say, now I kind of want to do that and this. Right, mm-hmm. I kind of want to, you know, add something to that. Is that okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say, I'm fuck, I just do what I want. Sure, man, but it's you have a relationship with your audience. Right. And you have to prepare them for what you're going to do. It, Absolutely. You know, you've got to help them along. You've got to help them understand what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to make it easy. as easy as you can, I should say, for them to follow you, just trust you and have trust in what you're saying and, and to follow, follow you and just go with it. Yep. Yep. Gang, do you have any uh, hotel uh, reactions? I have no hotels to tell my friend. No, um, (laughs) uh, I, no, I got to go back to it. I got to actually, really 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 tap into it if anything um 
but I, I dig what y'all are saying about about the things um, and also about common, not one to ever hear common rap about sex or having sex. Uh, similarly, you don't want to rap. You don't want to hear, like you cited Kevin Gates. I think Nas is, what I was going to say earlier, is like Nas is like the bad version of like the Kevin Gates, like saying outrageous, like sex shit. And you're like, yeah, 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 I don't want to ever hear you say that. It's it's yeah. like common and Nas are like the two like, hot and cold of like the thing that you don't want to hear. Like the people you don't want to hear address their sexual escapades or ideas of what sex. Uh, it yeah, come on. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm with y'all on on um, on this conversation though. This is this is taking an interesting turn already as far as like yeah. Like, what do you think is this? This is interesting. Like, what do you think is the right way to sing a rap about sex, and what do you think is the wrong way? <laughs> uh tricky, tricky question as someone who's not even really a big fan of like sex rap so to speak mm -hmm. uh that's that's pretty pretty funny to i guess try to figure out as as far as an answer is concerned uh i think like i mean you know comedy you just you kind of have to be naturally funny and light in certain ways or like ready to be vulnerable depending on how, what angle you're, you're taking or whatever. Uh, I think like, I think a lot of the shit that we hear gets turned into like this, like corny, like locker room, like dudes locker room talk. And that's like, no one really wants to hear that. Like, or like the people who want to hear that aren't really like, I don't really want to be at the table with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, that's like, it's like you're 13. Okay. But like, grown men or grown people kind of like you know not being not adding anything to the to the to the exploit or to the you know the opening up or whatever it is that you're you're doing mm -hmm. in regard to, to sex or sexuality then like you know if you're not doing any of that then i feel like you're just kind of like for lack of a better term fucking it off you know what i'm saying you're just kind of <laughs> like you're saying shit to either be like crude and for just to be crude you know or like to be shocking you know what i'm saying like you got a lot of shock 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 jock type sex raps right and it's just yeah. like uh it's just juvenile you know what i mean at the end of the day um yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, or like pseudo romantic which is mad weird which is i think what the common thing i think like the it's just like bad it's like it's like the open mic where like just the room kind of like gets really awkward feeling and and, and itchy because like someone just is just coming like this bad poetry type shit you know what i mean like uh like yeah. and no, bad is objective but you know we had a same. dude we had a dude and, and shout out he wasn't bad he came to our open mic poetry reading uh every week and what he would do is he would sign up go somewhere else come back when it was his time get on stage do this amazingly seductive rap about how sensitive he was to women try and hook up and then leave if, if it didn't work out or if it did he was gone Fine. he was done right he was he was either working and he was gone or if it wasn't working he was gone it was like <laughs> this was checking in um so it was you know and it was so weird for all of us who actually were like really trying to get good at it but um mm. no it was a uh, but no, I would say, Kay, I think my, my thing would be the stage is a monster, right? The stage will turn you into 
the biggest version of yourself, right? So you you will you step into some hero role where you're like, you know what? Tyranny ends and it ends now on this album. And you're like, relax, you know, you're doing too much. And then the other side is just like, you know, I'm gonna bang her and her whole family. Dude, what is going on? Like there's it, it that stage, that spotlight will make you go way too far outside of who you are. And we can kind of see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Disingenuous. Uh, you know, just yeah. And like it just starts to feel like someone's like breathing too closely to your ear, like mouth breathing. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yes. that's this is gross. Get me out of here. Um, the, so the 24 on the list is actually a great answer to, to one of your questions, right? When you talk about vulnerability as a key to expressing sexual ideas and thoughts, Dave, Dave has got that in his corner, right? Uh, we're all alone in this together. Uh, Kay, would you agree this is one of the most like vulnerable albums of the year? Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I mean, it's one of the longest ones that we listen to, I think. On top of, I mean, it's very emotionally intense. Uh, there's very, like, what I shouldn't say there's very few, but there's, there's not, on, I felt like on this work, on this album, there weren't a lot of, you know, moments of reprieve. You know, it's just constantly like, yo, I've got a lot on my heart. I got a lot on my chest. Y'all are just going to go along for the ride. Yep. No, but he did. I mean, and I'm, I'm glad. I don't think this would have made it without the fun songs because right. it's so heavy and so intense. Mm-hmm. Balance. Yes. But Dave is a smart cat, and he has the song, that song System with WizKid that is fun. And he had that mm-hmm. same thing last album with location with burna boy he brings in he's he's part of that like nigerian uk connection right nigerian roots living in the uk so he'll bring in stormzy you know he'll bring in people like that but he'll also bring in burna boy whiz kid people that are straight nigerian artists and they'll make something that turns up that is fun right yeah the, the mixture is good is very good dave's flow is great um yeah no it's uh it was there was a big moment for me with with dave where like uh who was it was that on the oh idris elba was on Jesus and marrow and uh they were they at like marrow's from the bronx and he's like you know help me understand the uk rap and what's good about the uk rap. and um so idris elba was like Dude, these cats are spitting out of here like this is real. Uh, there's some people doing great work. And he said, Skepta, and he said, Dave. And I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. So, like, this is a big deal. Uh, he's yeah, he's a generational talent, I think. Um, uh, in terms of these last two albums, Psychodrama and this, that's a real run that he is on. Uh, mm-hmm. People need to check this guy if they haven't. Um, there's, he's also great about talking about racism. Oh my God, Three Rivers? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
Three Rivers is just beautiful um, and in depth. You know, um, he's he goes in on it, so it's great to hear his perspective. Snow Allegra's on that. James Blake, um, yeah, yeah. But it, the heaviness of it did weigh it down, where it wasn't it wasn't re-listenable to the point where I was always listening to it. This you know? this is uh this was in a conversation with uh, Dylan, right? Cinema I believe. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, that's a really good uh, deeper dives, and you know, yep. if people are wondering or whatever, like like I was, I, I was new. I was. I was. I've been new to Dave, so I don't. Um, you know, what I mean, like that. Actually, that episode of State of the Game, um, or FME State of the Game, uh, was was very like useful. Um, couple like really, really lovely releases uh, being spoken about there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout Dylan killed it on that. I love talking to him, and um, we, yeah, no, that's awesome. If that if it was Pachano, it was it was a heck of a heck of a great album. It's just, whew, it's a heavy album. Mm-hmm. If it was a few songs shorter, it'd be a few slots higher. It's yeah. a it's a long album. Yeah, uh, and it's I think it's like ten minutes longer than his last one, and. Those ten minutes are important when you when you're totaling an hour and more of an hour, you know. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's just one of those albums. Like it's like it's it's a it's a it's an important statement, but it's just very difficult for re-listenability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to be able to re-listen to it again easily. Like you can't put this on in the car. Or something like you really this is one of those albums where you really have to like sit with it and really go go along for the for the for the journey mm. right and you, you like um it's the opposite of the album in front of it in this one way right um because dave we're all in this together we're all in this together you're gonna have to listen to it all the way through that's just how it is right there mm-hmm. aren't like you're not going to be able to be like Oh, let me just pick a few jams. Like, no, you're going to have to go through it all the way through. Right. Uh, but the next one, 23, Aaron Lee, Taz Jam. Taz Jam, Taz Jam, Taz Jam. You can, the whole thing is kind of fun-ass singles, right, to put on. Mm-hmm. So you can put on Sunday Women, Feminine Walk, Cartoon Music. It all jams. It all jams. And it's just um an interesting dude um there's a feminine walk is a really interesting song and then it like talks about um being like effeminate in the way that you move and as a man and how that works in the world i think there's songs that touch on bisexuality here but it is clearly like tom petty style rock like it is like Tom Petty style writing, you know, uh, there's a real swing to it. it. Moves. My wife loves this album. Like we can just throw it in the car and everybody's into it. Um, but the writing is there. The writing is solid. And that's one of the things I loved about Tom Petty was that even when there were hit singles, you'd hear lines and be like, damn, that's in a pop song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 
he's just beautifully describing like doing pot on the hood of a Chevy. Like this is wild. Um, but he's yeah, Taz Jan, Taz Jan, Taz Jan is a really good special album like that. Like that. The writing has voice. It has character. Um, he has all the skills. I don't think there's many features. Uh, yeah, this is one of those things I found on Bandcamp and just fell in love with. So, yeah. did you hear this one, Keith? Uh, I vaguely remember listening to it. It came out a little bit earlier this year, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. I remember you. You did listen to. It. You did like this one at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it's uh, man, we're hitting. We're hitting the really important stuff now. This is this is getting wild. I'm excited. So number 22, I I'm starting to get more people on Teller Banks Island with me. Uh, Teller Banks and Ed Glorious, the part in the parcel. For a while, it felt like it was me and like the rap music plug just waving the flag, being like, "This is great! Come on, guys!" Um, but now there's people being like, this shit is dope. Like, um, it's, it's gaining speed. Part of that, to be honest, is the year Ed, Ed is at. Ed is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. in the production episode, you, you were gone, Kate. I kind of said that this Ed has a signature sound now, mm-hmm. right? Like I know an Ed glorious beat when it comes on. Right, like because of how tight the loops are, right? How well chosen, how tight they are, that the, you are, it's just boom, 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 and it's a real signature. No, there aren't his beats sound different. They just sound different. Yeah. I mean, that's the highest compliment you could give to producers, like you that you you're able to recognize their work without you know a tag or anything like that. Uh, being having to be played so yeah no it's ed is is glorious and um (laughs) so and teller is a great combination uh for ed because ed is so meticulous right and there's like he knows his sound and his sound is is really well constructed and it's always growing but like in these, you know, systematic jumps, whereas Teller's, Teller's brain is all over the place. Mm. Was Teller, Teller was on uh, some Sleep Sinatra projects, right? That's, that's how I, that's how I kind of like fell into the, the, the Teller uh, universe, I guess you could say. Um, And I've been meaning to like, um, actually like really tap in I, I've, I've seen the work that you've you've done around teller uh i've seen um ro do the same you know, or similar you know the interview uh i have to tap in though but i mean i like i mean i really fuck with uh i think there were, i think teller was on routes i want to say oh yeah, yeah. and he was or, also or yeah on the other joint too um yep. the one that uh uh, sleep produced, I believe. Yep. I feel like I heard him first uh, on the Cabal. That was the mm-hmm. iceberg theory. 
And mm-hmm. that's another person I've been meaning to tap into pretty, mm-hmm. pretty hefty. And that's actually off of, honestly, that's off of, I think, you and Ro again, I believe. Nope. Perhaps. No, he's, he's killing it, man. He was, and so I doing an interview and I was like, dude, who is Taylor Banks? Like, this is wild. And he was like, no, that guy's my favorite rapper right now. He's amazing. You got to check him. And that was right as like, uh, and this, by the way, if you are, because a lot of people are looking to tap in to do what the dog is there. This is great. What's up? <laughs> so if you're looking to tap in to Teller Banks, wait, telling you first and foremost, the grotesque and beautiful. That was last year, 2020. It was very high on my list. Um, it's a masterful thing. Um, the grotesque and beautiful. Find it, buy it. Uh, it's 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 wonderful. So it, it's really important. And he's yeah. When he says that, he has a line on the part in the parcel where he says, "I give you old Wayne, and you treat me like the new Wayne." <laughs> This is awesome. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, I like, I got, yeah, I just got to tap in. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is one that I'll be fucking with. Uh, and also just going back to the catalog again, because, I, you know, each project is so, depending on the producer, depending on the sound, whatever, the, the moment in time, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the beauty of the music today, too. Like, you get so many different, like, um, you get to such a variation because folks are, like folks will have like two albums in a year and it'll be like, you know, look at Sleep Sinatra, for instance, who I'm sure we're about to speak about in a second, but like, look about, look at like, even like a Billy Woods where it's just like, you got hiding places and you got terror management and then you got, you know, you have Arm and Hammer and then yep. Arm and Hammer with their team and then with Alchemist, like within, within 365 days or so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and I think, it's, it's important if you're going to release multiple albums in a year, I think they should tell a story kind of together, right? Mm. Uh, look at those. They should be different sides and they should... Great way to put it. They should really accentuate each other, right? Like, um, and fit, yeah. you know, that, that's what really makes a release pop like that. But yeah. You're right. Because um, we look at, I mean, I think when we look at an artist's year, the year that an artist had, we don't just look at one project. We look at the totality of their project. So it, it really, for, in my opinion, like it really hurts an artist if they release one really good album or project. And then they've just had, you know, over the remaining months, they've just released like Lucy's or, you know, like mixtapes that weren't of the quality of that first project. So you're right. I, I do. I do agree with that. I do think that, you know, an artist has to look at, you know, look at their year in total as right. one body of work. Valid. Valid. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think the there's like there's a sense that great pair ups like this, like Ed Glorious and Teller Banks, they have like a like a buddy cop movie vibe to them in the sense that there's like. Ed is the solid foundational piece yeah. and Teller's the live wire. Teller might threaten to punch you in the face in a way you've never heard before. He might <laughs> talk about society. Uh, he might 
talk about sexy, but he can go anywhere. And it's it's slick, it's smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, his flow can travel anywhere doing anything. And so you never know. You're braced, right? Whereas Ed is, you can always count on Ed. He's always getting, giving you what you need. So that mixture is really, really great. Um, so that's something important there. Um, ooh, now this part of the discussion we had earlier, right? Um, that me and Gang were having earlier was about like one project leading to another project, right? And how important that is uh, that you that that you give that first project credit. Right. So I think when uh, this next album, Jason Griff, Alaska Adams, Adams fam, um, Human Zoo, right? Human Zoo came out, and everybody's like, man, I like this better than Nihilist Millennium, uh, which was the project by Cargo Cults last year produced by Coach Zillow. Hmm. Um, and my, my thought was, you don't get Human Zoo without Nihilist Millennium, right? Mm. Started Human Zoo, it got put on hold. They did Nihilist Millennial. Uh, they did the shit out of it. And <laughs> then, he, growing from that experience, Human Zoo became what it is. Human Zoo wouldn't be where it is without cargo cars. So that growth is is a tribute to both albums. It is not pitting the albums against each other. Mm-hmm. Right. That, right. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the Dungeons of Doom. Yes. You, know, That's you don't get, you don't get there until, you know, there's the projects with Griff and, and, oh. and every, everything else. And yeah, I mean, I think Alaska's, uh, I think Alaska on Human Zoo is a product. I will, it is like the, the, the lily pad effect, um, which follows the like, he he's the same person, just a different. How do I say? Like the magnifying glass is a little bit more, is a bit closer to certain yeah. things that he's addressing on cargo cult, so to speak. Yep. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh, obviously, it's sonically, it's a different template. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's a bit darker on on uh, Human Zoo, uh, which matches the title, which matches the. I feel like the the content, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 themes, and also, yeah, you have Fat Boy Sharif, you have Sharif on the joint. Like you're gonna get mind bendery, right? As soon as <laughs> as soon as that element is added into the to the mix, right. and uh, yeah, that that's still yeah. like that's my joint. Uh, I think they like they will work so well together, and that beat also is probably I think like I think that's my favorite joint on there. But also the the ending is crazy, like definitely some emotional, some emotional. Uh, how do I say? Some emotional rises. Um, yeah. When I first heard that, you know what I mean. So yeah. I was like doing I was like doing the dishes, you know. What I, mean? I was doing the dishes, and I was right. like, oh snap! It's like the song that I was kind of like really anticipating but also kind of like almost like dreading because of the i guess the proximity maybe 
to the yep. to the situation. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, so beautifully penned. Um, you know, sincere. You know what I'm saying? So totally. no, I'm, I'm I'm proud of my my guy. You know what I mean? Definitely proud of my guy for sure. And and you should. I mean, he, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that the best about Alaska uh, is that because my favorite song on this is Animal Farm, right? Would love. Mm. I didn't know Love this. Yeah, I'm, that's another one. Yeah. Surfing the the information superhighway, and just finds this dude, and is like, "This is great. You want to work together?" And this, um, it, it's 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 fantastic. To keep your ear to the ground, to keep finding new people, to keep supporting new people, uh, to keep shuffling that mix so that you get, you know, the, the mixture of guests, you know, of like Prem Rock to, you know, Scorsese to uh, Love Ulysses and it just all these different people, Ludovico, like Alaska's always looking for new and interesting things to do. And Griff especially loves that kind of stuff. Uh, So it's a beautiful mix. Those two made sense together. Uh, I remember, so I was going to interview them. I did. It was great. Uh, It was great FME Attention Undivided. But in advance of that, they sent me this album. I listened to it for the first time at my wife's parents' house. I was listening to it. And when I got to Extremely Online... I, I had to stop after the song was over and I just like sat on the porch and stared into the wilderness for a while. <laughs> I was just like, damn. damn. Like that shit really, really hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that is, uh, that's a power of his writing, really. Uh, Kay, what, did you listen to this? What do you think of this? I, see, I, I remember listening to it. I do. I, I, because I, I, we did, I, I believe we did a show on it. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't recall the details specifically, but I, I do think, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it ties back to what we were saying about, you know, you have to look at, you have to look at, you know, the, the artist like as a progression. You know what I mean? Like each album. It's not that we need to compare them to one another. It's almost a progression, a development, of an evolution uh, of the, of that artist. And when, not every, so, yeah, not every the album for Animal like Zoo. Some, when did that? For human, I was gonna say the the album for Poor Human Zoo. When did that come out? When did his album before that come out? Last year. Yeah, Carl. Okay. okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So it was, and by the way, Human Zoo for my money has the best bonus tracks of any rap album this year. It, if you look at the bonus tracks available when you buy it, uh, there's Mighty Healthy Remix of Animal Farm, Christian Esteban Remix of Juice, which is the best, Zilla yeah. Rocka Remix of Petty King, and Panels Remix of Poison Pills is great. You know, I actually have a question because this, this is always something that I've been interested in. Like, what is the work ethic of an underground rap? Like, how do, how, like, because I've, you know, you look at some rappers and they just release, they're able to consistently release projects. Mm. And I've, and like, I I wouldn't say like I'm a creative, but I've always wondered, like, how do they, what, 
how do they do that? You know, like, are do does the underground do they work on are, do they work on music like every day? Like, how do they like remain creative and you know uh, what's the word I want to use? Diligent enough to be able to release multiple projects, like every every a couple months, it feels like. I mean, I think it depends on who we're talking about. Maybe age group too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because some folks are parents, and you know, I, Alaska is a parent. Alaska is a, a working a working adult. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, also, I believe Alaska's in in some form of um, academia currently, like professorship. Like, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> Professor Alaska, son. So, um, <laughs> you know. There's, there's that versus, you know, some younger folks who might be freelancing or whatever, you know what I mean? Or just, I mean, also, yo, like 2020 to 2021, like a lot of, a lot of folks, including myself, were on unemployment or PUA, mm-hmm. pandemic unemployment assistance, you know what I mean? And right. that gave us a little bit more time to sort of like get our fucking selves together because also like we lost our jobs you know what i mean so um so i mean many of us are still reeling from that as well and trying to figure shit out so some folks went into full so-called grind mode and began you know upping the product like the production line again you know we're talking about like Bandcamp Friday and things of that nature, just trying to take its full advantage of everything that they could to, you know, sell their art, get their art out there. So more eyes were on it to then get more sales or whatever, whatever, but also just to get more, so grow their, grow their thing. You know what I mean? So um, as far as like, technically, like how, how many folks, like are folks working on things every day? I mean, from the, the folks that I know, it's either, you know, I think, I don't want to, hmm, that's tough. That's a, that's a really good question, but I know, all right, so like some, one half of them are like every day, just banging out songs, like staying up to all whatever hours of the night and just banging out like, right. you know, verses with, with like a bunch of other folks. And it's just like a, a, a whirlwind of, of, of creation. And then, other mm-hmm. folks, you know, they, they sit on things and they just chill and they kind of like go out and let the thing breathe and then come back fully inspired. Um, not to say that the folks who are doing doing things every day aren't fully inspired. It's right. just a different sort of like, you know, uh, push and pull. It's a different sort of, you know what I mean? Song mm. and dance, so to speak. So mm. cool. uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the la- I'm the the one who needs to take time. You know, what I mean, I like to take I like to take time. I like to rest and like figure things out. Like I might you know be doing like creative shit on another front, but not necessarily using the same part of my brain or, or the same channel to like, express myself. So like one part of the year, I might not have I might not be making any beats. You know what I mean? Or I might not be writing anything. I might not be working on well any art, so to speak. I, I, Art's interesting because it's kind of become one of one of my like freelance money gigs as well. Yeah. But I, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, so there's moments where like I will be in the studio, and there's there's times where like seasons where I will I will be in the studio only like pick up like you know 
little things here and there, like supplies or whatever, but I won't actually be there to spend time creating stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, th I think the, the short, the short version of what you said, gang to me would be uh, that the, like uh, water fits any vessel, right? Water fits the vessel it's contained within. Think of the creative energy or output as the liquid and you, your life is the vessel, right? So Alaska teaches, he doesn't record while he teaches, right? But he, he will, he talked about, he, he writes like during that school year, pecking away, doing different songs, right? And then once the summer hits, he records. Mm. So he makes it fit his life, right? Now, Premrock is a bartender. He's got a whole different situation, but he makes it his life. Mm. So everybody's got a different, you know, vessel they're containing it within. Uh, mm. But the, I will say to warn people, hard work and smart work are not always the same kinds of work, right? Those can be two different things. So just because you're putting out a project every month, doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it the right way for you, right? Um, <laughs> just because you're, if you're, if you're putting out one a year, that that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way for you. You you have to figure out how to work smart, how to maximize what you're doing, and sometimes that means change what you're doing until it fits. Anyway, mm. number twenty. Pop 1967 by Andrew, one of my favorite albums. Uh, Coach hit me with this. I was like, you got to check this guy out. And my first reaction was, this is like if Blind Melon grew up in the rap era and made rap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Blind Melon. It was great. And so I was like, but he's got real bars on here. Um, you know, it was, it was one like, I'm gonna do mood. That's a palindrome. You know, it was, it was great. He's just, he's got real. He's he's really witty. He can really spit, but he's really good with hooks and melody. Uh, yeah. And it, this one never stayed far away from me. Yeah, it was fun because I remember reviewing this. This this was a fun album. Yep. Uh. Very lighthearted. Uh, and I, I love the cover. I remember distinctly the cover. I love the cover of it. Uh, it was just really like a... It, it goes back to what Gang was talking last time about intentionality. Like he went yep. out... He had an intention when he was making this album to create like a fun, you know, lighthearted album. And, 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 he, and he did it. Yeah. No, it's my favorite first song of the year, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Losing Street you know, uh, is, is an incredible first song. Uh, it explains kind of the whole album. And it's, it's magical for me. And I, I got to interview him and I said, was one of the first questions was like, when did you know that was the first song? And he was like, immediately. You know, once it was done, once it was recorded, like, oh, that's the first song, you know, uh, because mm -hmm. he, I was like, I started my question with like, I'm nuts for first songs. And this, I think, is one of the best. He's like, me too. So, mm. 
great to talk to someone who is that vested in uh in in that no funny story key keith yeah i interviewed him one of my questions then one of my things i said was look my least favorite thing about you is your name because it sucks for me to search andrew rapper <laughs> right um <laughs> uh, and it was a very funny kind of thing exchange and i just he posted pictures with the with coach he's working with the new album three dollar pistol um and it's on instagram he's his name is searchable andrew now so i don't know oh. when that started but i'm hoping that, that that i was able to influence that gag it's a solid solid gag. yeah i mean you got to make I mean, you got to make your name because I, I do think like with music, there is, a, you know, there's a level of artistry, but there's also a level of marketing as well that you, you know, you have to, you, if you want people to hear your music, you have to be able to make it easily, easily found, I guess. to say. So I, his response made perfect sense to me. His response was that like, I kind of like that it's me. Right. And like, so when I was, when I write like short stories or any, or sto anything, poems, anything like that, the title of the thing is always a reminder to me of what the whole thing is about. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about how it pops for the reader. I'm not thinking about any of that shit. The title is to remind me what the spirit of this is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what his name is for him. Right. He is Andrew. So it keeps him grounded. It keeps Good him point. in this. So I think that that's how I took it. And that's, I respect it. Um, yeah. But the album is beautiful. He produced it himself. Um, oh, great. I mean, Pomplamous with I Alive uh, is, is excellent. You know, Tony Hawk with Darko the Super. Uh, yeah, just you know, another one of those. Uh, albums out on uh, you don't deserve this beautiful art that is fabulous follow that label mm. um, yeah so that, that's number 20 um, I don't know do you have anything else to add Kay on that one or should we move to no Hold on up. so my favorite jazz album of the year right probably I think I think so is this a uh, I don't, I don't see anything else. Favorite jazz album of the year, Lady Blackbird, Black Acid Soul. Yeah. Uh, an incredible album in terms of her vocals, right? Absolutely. Talk to me about her voice, okay? What, what you liked about her voice. I, because what I remember is this was, she was a technician. Uh, like her, there's some there's some people that sing uh i guess the way i the way i categorize it is there's some people that sing to you know like express themselves and then there's some people that sing to show off like the technical mastery of their voice uh and yes she i mean she's very emo emotive with her singing but what really struck me was how technically sound of, of a singer she was I mean, it, it was a it was a masterclass in terms of jazz singing, in terms of 
the voice of thinking of the voice as a, as an instrument and what what one can do with it. And yep. you said this was her debut. This was the her debut album, right? Yes, yes. And yeah. it's a great crew. Uh, we got the people. Uh, was it Deron Johnson uh, on you know piano and synth? Uh, John Flauger on double bass. Jimmy Paxson, drums, percussion. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Seafried, electric guitar, acoustic guitar. Troy, trombone, shorty. Andrews playing okay. trumpet. Playing trumpet. So it's a great crew, and there's a lot of beautiful instrumentation that that grounds the voice. It's not just the voice, right? Right. There's, there's a whole experience here. Yeah, very. I remember, and very intelligent arrangement. Yes. Arrange, uh, very intelligent musical choices that were made. But you know, when you when you got guys uh, or musicians of that quality, you're you're going to get an exceptional uh, project, musical project. There's covers, but they're very interesting covers. There's an interesting array of covers, right? Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. Lost in Looking, which is kind of a Sam Cooke hit. Uh, there's an Irma Thomas one on here. Uh, there's Nobody's Sweetheart. There's, and then there's some originals, right? Mm -hmm. That are like mixed in here. I think Five Feet Tall is probably original. Um, there's certainly the collage is an original. It's, you know, it's a real mix. And I, I can't wait to, for her to build on that. Uh, yeah, I loved it. And uh, I'm glad you got to enjoy it as well, okay? Yeah. Um, and do that. Gang, you should listen to it. Have you listened to it? I have not <laughs> listened to it, uh, but I, I should I should definitely tap in. You, you know, you realize like the, the, these lists are, are things that I like refer back to. So, you know. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it in. Next, you, you got to be in for this one though. Because number 18 is Big Flowers. Big Smile. Mm -hmm. Down to Big Flowers, man. When we first talked, uh, he was... I, I, I included him in that crew of Young Jedi, right? Like Akai, Amani, that kind of like just free-ranging, jazz-feeling uh, movement. And he shut it down. He was like, I haven't earned what those guys have earned. Mm. I'm new to this. Those guys have, have been doing it. And I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. It was a very kind of grounded response uh, that I appreciated. But he has, I mean, he's got love. On the, I mean, if you look at this album, Pink Sifu's on this. He doesn't feature everywhere. Uh, Elucid's on this. He doesn't feature everywhere. Um, Logi from Philly, yeah, also yeah. Uh, an elusive figure, not not on everyone's album. So yeah, no, there you go. No, no, the songs are are vastly different lengths. Some songs are a minute long and are crazy lyrical. Some songs are longer. You know, I think there's a 12 minute, 13 minute song mm -hmm. on there. It's it's just different. Uh, but his his flow is special. His flow is special. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I spoke to him a lot about 
on on the phone or voice messages about this album um just as far as like what what he was doing especially i think towards like the latter half it goes into this this crazy like acoustic guitar distorted mm -hmm. auto-tune mad like just whatever uh psychosis you know what i mean like it, it gets like really 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 weird and uh for lack of a better term or whatever um but i think uh, you know yeah i know like i'm mean, speaking to him more about that and the, the the intention behind it like including that section that whole big chunk at the end um which yeah i don't know it, it's you know it, you know son has a vision basically is what i'm saying and uh yep yeah no his, his pocket's crazy his writing is crazy like really crazy yep. uh you know i think it's equal parts jarring but also uh i don't know endearing you know what i mean endearing where it's like i don't know what this is but there's enough here for those who who are willing to sort of take the journey to sort of grasp on and keep them going uh, to just go deeper into the the cave or like the the realm, you know what I mean? Like it's definitely like its own little, it's its own little like dimension or its own little like world, so to speak. Uh, the echoing, like the constantly echoing voice, you know, it's like it's just like you're like walking through like a tunnel in his, in his mind or whatever, or like in his life. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's pretty wild. Uh, brilliant features, you know what I mean? Right. Definitely, Diani, uh, Amani's sisters. You the are a brilliant album. feature on this album. Um, oh shit! <laughs> I forget. I, I always forget that that's that's in there. That was the first time we met. That was uh well, like the first time we met in person, obviously. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, the uh, iPhone recorder was just kind of like lamping on the dresser, so to speak. So, awesome. yeah, it was a cool little conversation. Uh, there's been threats of like <laughs> threats. There have been threats of uh, having the whole thing somehow come out into the, into the public sphere. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe one bonus day. Track. Bonus track. Bonus track. Bonus track, right? <laughs> yeah. yep. 20, 25th anniversary version, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're gonna get a beat butcher beat behind it. Um, <laughs> it's be but yeah, I would say, as you mentioned, often sedated with Diani. If if you if you made me, if you had a butterfly knife and you said, make a list of the best underground collaborations of the year, that would be high on it. Mm -hmm. High on it. Uh, it that those two need to make an album together. His his flow is very frenetic it's very trained of thought it's very uh, there's a beat generation feeling to it mm. yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah yeah feeling to it um and and so it, and this is one of the reasons why when he was like i will like because I, I full disclosure i i asked hey man do you want to write a review of this pink seafood gumbo thing because you've had some good things to say about it he said, only if I get to write regularly. And I said, no problem. Because <laughs> I, the passion he affects to his work mm. reminds me of, I don't know, man, the, the me from like 
13, 14 years ago who was just diehard with this shit. Mm. Couldn't tell me shit, you know? Um, and I just think that's that that passion is what he writes with, whether he's writing a review for me, whether he's writing his verse. Like Absolutely. he's he's putting it all in there. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has that's what that's why this never moved. It's never like this never got jostled down, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Solidly in my conversation for the year, the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's something to be said for, because I, I don't know if I've talked about this in the past, though, but I, I think for me, like, when I, when I listen to a project, I just want to hear the artist's best effort at that time. You know what I mean? That's all, like, you know, whether I like the style of music or, you know, whether, you know, I think it's good or not, that, that's irrelevant. Really, when I tune into an album, I want to hear the out the artist's best effort. And I think Big Flowers, I think he gives whatever he does, like to go back to what you're saying, whatever he does, he's going to give you the best effort that he can at that time. And that's all, I mean, that's all, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweat equity, man. Yeah, no, he puts, he puts his foot all the way into it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely, like, yeah, I, I definitely picture, I mean, the beat poet, the beat, the beat generation thing is definitely, I think, a big part of it. Um, And I think he'll just, yeah, I mean, I know, like, I've heard, I've seen what, what's kind of coming next. uh, And it's a motherfucker. It's, it's, it, yeah, I'm not even gonna, I don't want to say too much, but it's. (laughs) That's the trailer. that, yeah, it is. It's a yeah, the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's crazy compared. You know, it's it's like it's that one-two punch. Put it like that. It's gonna be. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a Rudy Ray Moore level motherfucker. That's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so number seventeen, uh, Sleep Sinatra, Ed Glorious, Sleep Gloriously. This was like the first part of my year. It really did. And I was thinking about it the other day that I, I honestly have to give so much credit to sleep that when I fell in love with this album, this album really connected to me. It's, it's always really well. Divine Nation is the, so this is the two albums we talked about as, as ha- informing each other, right? Divine Nation was, was the socio-political analysis of the world, right? Um, and you know, somehow finding a way to take shots at Frank Sinatra and Logic at the same time is amazing. Um, so, <laughs> Sleep Gloriously is a very personal album. There's very personal songs on there about relationships mm-hmm. and about growth as a person. Uh, and that's why this album means the world to me. And I, I, I got a chance to talk to him about it. And honestly, I think that FME attention undivided put me a little more on the map, you know, that it was so, I was so vested in talking about that and in what that album meant uh, Mm -hmm. that we had a discussion that wasn't like anything else either of us have had. So conversation with sleep, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was excellent. That was a really, was, really, really excellent. Um, and I yeah. Think, yeah. I think people that saw that shit and were like, damn, if that's what it is, I'd be interested, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think in a way sleep and this album really moved free music empire in a way. Um, so much love to him. Everything we said about Ed still stands, but like sleep is so soulful that when you had sleep and Ed, it was like peanut butter on peanut butter. It was marvelous. You know, <laughs> this is this this is some soulful shit right here. It was glorious. Um, and I, so I I appreciated it, man. It's there's yeah. There's some great stuff. The songs sound like they're crying and he breaks it all down. Sleep Sinatra is a really important, a really important lyricist. And his next album is really good. Mm-hmm. Incredibly good. So mm-hmm. that's coming end of the year. Um, so yeah, Grimace, Lilith, you got to hear that. I'm not going to talk about that. ACAB with Tyler Banks, uh, Prize Fighters with Sequence, 10 songs in and out. Uh, excellent album. Oof. Do you have any sleep Sinatra commentary, Kay, or should we? No, let's just, yeah, let's just keep. I mean, you guys have said everything needs to be said. Yeah, just be on the lookout for the new, the next, the next, the next. Yep. Trust, trust. Yep. Sleep is up to, up to a lot. You had a very... Follow, yeah. follow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So Jeanette King is next. What we lost. Um, this is a, such a fucking cool album. I think she's from Toronto. Am I right about this? Because um, I think she, she has that uh, Deja uh, SV person on there. This is like this is Montreal, Quebec. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, Deja SB, who's awesome uh, from, from Canada as well. So, and they have a great song called Cool Me Down. It's like, a, it's, there's some songs on here like uh, You Don't Love Me that are very kind of 90s Aaliyah R&B, like, uh, but there's a heavy like drum and bass dance music thing to this album. Mm-hmm. Airplane is like that. It's a very, and what I love, she, so this is a very human album. It's about relationships. It's about the world you live in, but it's not heavy. She doesn't put on any airs, right? When she switches genres or when she mixes genres together, you can tell she kind of doesn't care. She's just having fun with the music she likes. Um, And it's just, it's effortless. It's just an effortless album, really well sung, really well written by a new person who hadn't done it before. Um, yeah, I would love to talk to Jeanette King. That kind of thing interests me like nothing else, right? You're talking about, okay, it's your debut album, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be a classic, but it has to tell people who you are. Absolutely. So when you nail it, and at the end of it, I'm like, shit. I know who Jeanette King is now, and I'm a fan. That's hard to do. That's good. Um, and and yeah, I'd love to talk to you about like going through doing that while being experimental, while pulling these forces together, but showing your voice. It's 
that's a dance. So I recommend everybody check that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luca, when the black hand touches you, let me go back to numbers here. So Jeanette King's 16, Sleep was 17, Big Flowers was 18, right? Luca, 15, when the black hand touches you. Um, he, that album is supposed to be him talking to his son. Um, and it is the most hardcore album, Talking to Your Son, ever. Shout <laughs> um, <laughs> to Luca. I feel like, oh, and shout out to Blood Money Perez. Blood Money Perez is the one who sent me this. It was like, this shit is dope. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'll check it out. Uh, and started waving the flag for it and you know had the interview with him he's great and he landed you know who's been repping this album who NPR oh yeah 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 it's on the year end NPR list you know who was you know who was reviewing it or who who's, who wrote about it or spoke about it no yeah there's someone someone there it might be a Oh, it might be Lars. I feel like yeah, Lars yeah. got rich. I feel like he he's he's still with NPR. Like so, Vikings Vikings Choice was his old column, but oh, he's, yeah. yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, this is also the second time Luca is on this list. Luca was yep. on the uh, top fifty to twenty six, I believe, was it? Yeah. So now, yeah, he like, there's an authority in his voice when he speaks. You know, we talk like one of the things that's hard to talk about that's incredible, critical to rap is presence, right? Presence. Uh, and you're so there's some people where you'll start to see people take shots at them and be like, man, Vast Air isn't that great a rapper. And you're like, but the presence, like you can't deny when that guy starts talking, you're listening. You're listening. Until you hear what he's saying. Oh, well. <laughs> Like Vast, is, he's undeniable. He's there. He takes up the room. He's entertaining, um, and that's part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I just looked it up. The guy at NPR is Rodney Carmichael. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Rodney's yeah. Rodney's also, I believe, from the south. So that I, this could speak. You know what I'm saying? This could speak uh, even more to, to to folks who you know I mean, we want to hear a new voice from. From the from the region, at least, if not, Memphis, you know what I mean? yeah, Memphis. Oh, Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean the the uh yeah the his blurb that he had on the list starts out. Memphis never stopped being the home of the blues. To hear Luca tell it. Nice. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Good times. So yeah, uh, Luca's yeah definitely part of that Memphis explosion this year and he I, I don't know man he was just undeniable man he, he killed it on these verses he told these incredibly nihilistic depressing stories about the world around him but in a way when we talked to sleep about the difference between a dark album and a hardcore album like his albums lucas albums are dark because they make you feel the impact of the violence they make you feel the weight of it. And that's special. Not everybody's doing that. You know, some people are slapping you with the Ruger, buying nice shoes, and out of it. You know, 
they're they're feeling good. Um, uh-huh. And Luca's showing you the whole cycle of violence, and um, all the inter- all of the like audio interludes are like people breaking down knowledge. It's no bullshit. He's yeah. There's a real spine to his albums where he's not pulling punches. He knows his mission. He trusts his team, and they make good music. Um, it helps yes. have him in the corner too. Yep. Facts, facts. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great, and so salute to him. And I, I'm so excited for the come up. Um, yeah, my mom sent me the NPR top list, and I was looking at it while I was on the phone with her, and I was like, "Lucas on here." So excited. <laughs> 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 number fourteen, Def C. <laughs> music rap door have you heard this Kay? yeah yeah i don't think we got a chance to no to we, we didn't but i mean this was because you mentioned it twice to me usually when you mention something twice i'm like okay I'll, I'll make sure for sure i check it out uh but i mean this was and you, you, you said he'd been working on it for like seven years or something, right? Seven years. That's yeah. the crazy part. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was phenomenal. The fact that it made number 14 and it was released probably less than a month ago, right? Yeah, like two weeks ago. <laughs> November 23rd. November 23rd. Wow. All right, so three, three weeks ago. Immediately, yeah. it was immediately important. Right. Yeah. Immediately, like, holy shit, you know. Um, I think the highest compliment I can pay a Def C on this, if if Def C were to be listening, is my cousin taught in Compton for years, Mm. Uh, and I sent her this album, and I said, I said, this is the most hardcore teacher album of all time. Also, a vulnerable ass album. Talking about, you know, there's a lot of vulnerable records that uh, are, are, you know, we were talking about vulnerability with uh, yep. 24 Dave, but yes, I Dave. mean, I'm, you know, you can't, you can't. Uh, this is one of the top to me. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying on this list. Uh, there's, you know, the Big Flowers, there's the Sleep Sinatra's, there's, there's things that are on the way as well. But um, yeah, I mean, the the way. There's a couple joints on here where it's just like I like needed I need I need more I need I need to sit down in a quiet space yeah with them and just kind of like have have a moment because I know I mean hearing uh hearing Def C speak on I believe it was oh, rap his, rap music his plug. rap music plug interview is amazing check it I out mean, I, Every Def C interview is is worth yeah. checking out. is is amazing to to hear to hear his son speak. It's it's definitely something that I always I always end up messaging him about. Just being like, yo, like, not only always insightful, always you know the the self awareness, the sort of like the the um just the care that and the respect that you you bring to the table as far as like you your space your place in the space and like how you speak about things and how like 
you know you honor like vulnerability and things of that nature too it's like I, like that to me is like you know that's why this is that's part of why like this i mean it's like uh he's an he he's who he is when he speaks the same way he like he's who he is when he speaks at and, and raps like you know what i mean like this this it's it's just like a different mode of, it's just a different rhythm of of, of talk but like right. at the end of the day or whatever like it's the same person and like mm-hmm. it's genuine as fuck it's sincere as fuck and like also eloquent as shit <laughs> as, as yeah. that's like and like you know that's like the most like ridiculous way to put it but like yeah he's like something's just crazy with with the way that he can communicate his ideas and experiences uh whether he's speaking one way or or speaking to a rhythm so to speak and uh you know i i definitely it's definitely one of my favorite things i've heard in 2021 um it's a state it's a statement you know what i mean and because of all those things that's how this is like a statement piece that has been whatever seven years because you know yo seven years or whatever like that long of a time like things could fall flat you know what i mean like it could be overworked or overcooked so to speak or things mm-hmm. could hit the table in a way that you know something's cold you know what i mean there's a cold plate on the table you're like well why like what happened here it's just like well i had like six other years of things brewing and <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like the, but like yeah this is this is definitely like a statement fucking uh work of like of 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 whatever of just like experience of lived experience and like i just have to big my man up too you know absolutely yeah there was like a we talked about this with like black thought where you've been rapping on such a high level for so long Mm. you just communicate this way right it's not even but the craft is on such a high level you're just you're just communicating your life here and that's kind of how it feels also the production like also the way like the way that the things that he chose to 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 speak over like the things that were composed and then also given to def c but then you know like you could be a good you could be a great rapper but be rapping over the the most boring you know or like soulless or whatever shit you know what i'm saying however you want to bottle it up like see nas when he was still like a capable rapper see a bunch of people honestly a lot of folks a lot of folks all, and most of these you know def c is a big fan of battle rap and whatnot and those folks are like super technical but most of those cats cannot make a fucking song for their life mm. i will go i will yeah. go on record I will go on record saying that like you can bar up and rap circles around whoever, but like your shit is not compelling once it stops being acapella and being theatrical when you're spitting in someone else's literal face. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, you know what I mean? Def C does not suffer from that. I mean, a bunch of people on this list don't suffer from that, but like, you know, you ought to have an ear and like a kind of understanding of like how to channel your vision. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, this, this year it felt like, because he also had the great EP with August Fanon. Crazy, yeah. He dressed the city in our names. And it felt like he reached a level in his writing this year where he was like, bodying this track is a given. Like, that's not an issue anymore. I'm not going to waste my time. I've got things I need to say. And so every song is going to mean something. Every verse is going to mean something. Every hook's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when I talked to I Am God, 
about the label. He said, yeah, Def C is doing something different. And I said, sometimes it feels like Def C is editing within seconds. Mm. He is like, he's trimmed down to exactly what he needed to say. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll say this to wrap it up real quick and to bring up one of the other um, wonderful artists who's on this list uh, that we've already spoken about. Uh, I've seen the, the, what, the thing that actually really put me on at Def C was Alaska saying, no one raps better than Def C. Like, I think he, he tweeted it or some shit. And I was just like, all right, like if Alaska was saying this, I got to tap in. Cause like, I've, I've heard Alaska out rap god type shit you know what i mean like yep, in his yep. in even his younger days or whatever so i'm just like all right like you know what i mean coming up with coming up through the adams family shit or whatever and it's just like all right like if alaska's saying this shit like i i that's there's some weight to that so i'm gonna go check checks on out and like yeah i was like okay very pleasantly surprised but uh yeah what a what a goddamn what geez this one's going to be one that, you know, this is another one that like, it's going to become just returning back to this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wrote, I wrote a comment on his band camp. Uh, Zilla referenced it on color culture on the pod there that like, it was basically like, they're going to write 10 year anniversaries on, on this album. They're going to come back and say, this one was a big deal. Uh, it just is what it is. Uh, sure. It's that heavy. So, Mac Hami, Pray for Haiti is number 13. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people who think this is the best album here. I will tell you this. I, when I re-listened, I re-listened to, I was looking at like, let me listen to Tyler, the creator, and Mac Hami and see if the hype is real. Mm-hmm. Went way down the list, and this album went way, went, stayed where it was, and it had a solid position. Um, there's something about Tyler that doesn't appreciate with re-listens for me. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and there's something about this album that is marvelous. It is just so... <clears throat> and, and, and he followed it up, the second album that he did, uh, that he just released. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's not yeah. as good as 80. Um, I'll... I'll offer some, can I, can I jump in and offer some questions? Can I ask you a question? And also, um, I have a hot take on, on pray for Haiti. I don't really, I don't, I don't love it. Um, not because like, I think mock can rap and rap like, like at one point mock was like one of my favorite rappers, like in the current day. Um, during like that 27, 2016, 2017 era. Um, I think either maybe I've just heard too much Bach since then. And it's kind of like, I'll flip you like, I'll flip you like again and again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, though, like, I love like, I love like Cation Body, uh, HBO. I've loved uh, Dump Meister. I have all the like the very expensive albums. I didn't pay a, a you know, we'll, we'll figure, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll leave that up to the mystery, the, the, the ether. How did I get those albums? Hmm. But, you know, um, you know, there were, you know, like the, the shit with like Woods and 
like you know he's got a joint with woods he's got a joint with like the joints that he's got with denmark are crazy like i, I love those joints um quality chris whatever uh but I don't know. There's something about maybe it's the production or something that like after a while, like there's joints on this album, like so the conductor Williams shit, like you oh, know, yeah. um, the opening track with that uh, uh, Denny did, uh, Denny Lafleur, um, yep. whom whom we've known for a while since he was doing stuff for, like main attractions back in like the cloud rap mid cloud rap era of, of like the 2010s. Um, but something. I don't know. It just gets drony for me. I don't know why. Like, it's just, maybe it's just too long. And this is where the second album that he dropped this year comes in. I'm like, if Pray for Haiti was 24 minutes, it would be way higher in my like re-listening, uh, re-listening or like my, I don't know. I just, it's just a lot, yo. It's just a lot. Like, I really appreciate some yeah. of the angles that he, he hit, but I was just like, I just find myself being like, yo, like this album is still on. Like, I'm just, it doesn't like grasp. It doesn't grip me. So, all that being said, when did you start listening to Mock? Both, um, like, both of y'all or whatever. Like, what was, you know what I mean? Like, what was... Oh, yeah. So, I will say, yeah. I, missed, I missed HBO. I missed the classic era of Mock. I started listening to Mac Homie because the internet was annoying me about it. And I said, fine, I'll do it. Because <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt told you to? <laughs> Everybody was just like, man, he's the he, Mac Homie invented bread. And I was like, fine, I'll listen. Uh, and so I was like okay I'll check it out um, and honestly like there was I find Mac Hami to be one of the most confusing discographies in, in rap right oh, yeah yeah Where there's that he'll drop something that's amazing that you're in love with and the next album will be the worst thing you've heard like he's his switch goes on and off in yeah. serious ways uh, but it's been on for for enough times that it's serious. So let me posit mm-hmm. a comparison here. Mm-hmm. HBO is Mac Homie's reasonable doubt. <laughs> okay, I, I yeah, that's that's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is his foundation, right? Right, right. And Play for Haiti is his blueprint. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so I'll go with that. Is or, or, or black album, maybe. Blueprint is is an album that a lot of the world thinks is JJ's best. Right. And a lot of Jay-Z people are like, it's not, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's just, he was really comfortable. He was really in his zone. The beats were fun. Like, so it's divisive in that way, right? Sure, and sure. It, yeah, you're right. The blueprint. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the blueprint because Stellar Race Theory, uh, you've got, you know, You've got you know murder season again. You've got lots yeah, right, of right, right. like cool stuff going on here. Mm. Um, and it's so uniquely him, right? That's the thing that people love about Blueprint is it's the most Jay Z Jay Z album, right? Like he's in his zone, he's in his full <laughs> swagger, uh, and this is the full swagger package of Mac Hobby, right? <laughs> like yeah, yeah, not and, true, and, true. And I'll be honest. You know, they needed this. Griselda needed this album. Yes, they did. They needed it Whoa. because he's not, it's not, it wasn't happening. Conway's kind of doing the same stuff, you know? Conway's not being very inventive. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, Benny uh, is. Going Conway, 
yeah yeah conway's been doing conway's one of those like i've been making the same song for x amount of the same album for x amount of time like rappers like for sure like for sure i will i will not hear any different even though i did like parts of that one album like the one that he has the one like anti like the 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 police brutality joint like i think he did that well you know what i mean uh but like that could have been an ep that could have been like well that could have been like a short ilmatic type album like 10 joints it didn't need to have like the the so-called swagger rap like uh down you know the other shit like the the reaches to like different soundscapes that were like not i don't know yeah i'm serious i'll give you a conway here want to hear it so no no i'm just kidding i've watched a lot of conway interviews right right and and conway's always talking about how no one's better than him like he's always talking about it yeah i think he views this career as like a king of the hill game we used to play at recess right Mm. (laughs) find like a snow mountain and the kids would just obliterate each other down the snow mountain until there was one kid on top you know Um, and he views it like that and he's like i'm gonna get to the top of the fucking mountain i'm the best here i'm like i mean the top of the mountain is the people who have reinvented themselves people who have done interesting things like you know it's you versus you it's not you versus them right yeah yeah facts facts and like i mean honestly like again like conway's literally kind of peaked and then is now on like somewhat of a downward slope from like the the conway where that was on reject two or on the funk flex freestyle or whatever where it was just like people were getting hype about griselda um even before like you know before the griselda album you know what i mean like i mean this is yep. you know i gun gun is gun is far more compelling of a of a of a of an artist than conway to me personally period or whatever and like that's why like mock is interesting to fit fall back into play with them because mm-hmm. now you have someone who's got a little bit more like colorful antics Wait. color yeah. color you know what i mean yeah yeah and benny benny's Benny's, Benny's like, yeah, Benny's Gone. Benny's hit boying it or whatever. I don't yeah, know, whatever. He's on Def Jam now. He's signed. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and good luck to all those people involved. I'm just saying, pray for Haiti. You're gonna see it on all the lists. I don't think it's overrated. I think it is really unique, and I think Mac Hami could be the off kilter voice for this kind of generation. So I'm into it. Sure. Uh, sure. But. but <clears throat> and, uh, and it, I was thinking about this number 12 Cleo soul mother Cleo soul's mother basically because I remember when Adele's album came out and inflow was on it I was like oh shit this is cool and this is actually a good Adele album and then I was like but wouldn't you rather just listen to Cleo soul over inflow <laughs> yes I would so mother is an incredible album it's I love this album with all my heart. It is a really it is a long album. Like it's it's not a lot of tracks, but they're long. So there's multiple eight-minute songs on this album. Um and she sings her ass off. She's got a beautiful voice. Have you heard Cleo Soul before, Kay? Yes, I think so. Yeah. She was on the Salt album. She did a lot of salt stuff. Right. Cleo Soul, this album is a is literally about mother's love, a mother's love. 
for her for her child and for these relationships in the world. And so you can listen to these songs and they they would sound corny to some people. Like they're just really sincere, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead they're kind they're just beautiful and very human and it's it's because of i mean inflow's great and the the you know the drums knock but like the songs out here heart full of love we need you build me up i mean they could be seen like i said as cheesy if you weren't into it but she really means it they're really heartfelt really beautiful album uh, with a lot of heart to it uh, well done great drums uh, there's great rhythms here like congas and bongos and like move that move the tracks uh, I it's it's one of my favorite things uh, puts her in a different stratosphere for me I liked Rose in the Dark which was her last album but this is another level for me this is my 12th favorite album of the year um yeah yeah. so i would suggest that it's a it's a very slow beautiful vulnerable album very acoustic feeling um so yeah that's a specific mood that's not a workout album so just be aware um number 11 i self-divine rituals of reliance Mm. we talked about this one on the mid-year this is uh, beloved. Uh, I greatly enjoy this album, and came I came back to it, um, and I was like, "Wow, this hasn't lost an inch." No. I mean, for me, it's it's kind of like with Daffy, 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 Trapdoor. It's, uh, it's, you know, when an artist is thought that that thoughtful. They're able to deliver, uh, they're able to give you like a topic and examine it from multiple, multiple angles and multiple sides and really, really make, uh, you know, a piece of a piece of work that's not only like helps you helps you grow as a person, but really, you know, like challenges your perception of things. Yeah, I like the Daffy C comparison uh, with the it's good. With the no, he's he's a legend, and I think mm-hmm. and this album to me puts I Self Divine in my favorite MCs of all time. Mm-hmm. Best. Uh, because his flow is so unique, mm-hmm. chopped up phrases that are pieced together to create an entire statement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know a collage almost, right? They don't feel like paragraphs. They feel like a collage of these phrases put together to, to make a statement. Um, and Orko Elohim on the production. Yeah. Masterful. Beautiful. So um, I really enjoyed it and continue to enjoy it. Number 10. Number 10. This is my favorite Rock album of the year. <laughs> Shannon and the Clams, Year of the Spider. Year of the Spider, okay. I've actually been a fan of Shannon and the Clams for like eight or nine years. 
So it, I didn't realize how hardcore a fan I was until I looked it up. It's like, damn, I've been rocking these people relentlessly. This is a band from, I think, from Oakland. Uh, and they do surf punk rock combination. Um, and they had an album that I really loved. I think it was back in 2013. Uh, that really sold me on them. Let me see here. Uh, oh, it was actually 2011. Wow, 10 years. Sleep Talk. Sleep Talk is a real mixture of um, of the kind of punk aesthetic, mm-hmm. rockabilly aesthetic, and surf rock kind of mixed together. Very raw. Shannon Shaw is the lead singer. She is uh, she's just very she's got a huge voice. Huge, huge voice. And a lot of mm-hmm. it was like them shredding and her with a huge voice. They have grown substantially since then. They have really become a more refined operation. Um, and this album is very, very beautiful. Mm. Uh, and I just really love it. And there's some real moments on there. Uh, the, the title track is great. You know, the, t- the title track, Year of the Spider, is the most kind of doo deal on here mm-hmm. uh, but there's also just th- this is this is an album where they let the rest of the band do stuff in the hills and the pines there uh, the other members of the band are singing not just shannon uh, oh, you know i need you bad is, is shannon going full kind of full voice powerful statement it's yeah it's a band hitting their peak, right? At the peak of their powers. Um, and what did he get on pitch for? Did he get like a seven? Was it a seven? Everything I like. Every, every, everything gets a seven on pitch. <laughs> everything I like gets a seven on pitch. Um, let me see here if I can. But yeah, it's, it's a great album. I don't think anybody but me is talking about it. 7.2. Yeah. The Oakland rock band responds to tragedy with grace on their most musically diverse and lyrically affecting album yet. So great. It's a 7.2. Uh, but it was, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real peak for them in terms of their writing uh, because they do really dive into some important subjects. But in terms of the craft of the music and how they use her voice, I'd say check it out. Uh, it is clearly my favorite rock album of the year. Just clearly. Um, number nine, Bruiser Wolf. <laughs> Dope Game Stupid. So, Kay, have you, have you come back to this one at all? Uh, I haven't come back to it, but I do remember listening to it for the first time. Uh, yes. Guys, guys has a very unique voice. I shouldn't say the guy. He has a very unique voice. I mean, it's like one of those things. It's like, I, you know, I, I say it every show. It's what can I get from you that I can't get from anyone else? 
Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what it, that's the question and I, I feel like an artist should be asking themselves, you know, constantly. Uh, and Bruiser give, provides something that you can't, you got to go to Bruiser to get. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, what's funny is, um, I mean, yes, I, I thoroughly enjoy this album. Uh, it's something that I do go, I have gone back to since I guess like all the hoopla kind of put me in, you know, put me, put it into my, like, whatever, like my, my sights, but, uh, on some reverse psychology type shit. Uh, I have a, fr- I have a friend who's like a huge Draco, the ruler, uh, oh, wow. wait, Draco, the ruler, right? Am I, or yeah, is it BK? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah okay. Go. There's like Draco, the ruler is BK, the ruler. Yeah, all, yeah, all, of which, all of whom are, are super ill. Like I fuck yeah. with both of them. Um, I fuck with Draco. Um, but I'm more, I'm more actually a more recent convert, you know what I mean? But yeah. to the friend who was like a big Draco guy, I was like, yo, we should tap in with, with this guy named Bruiser Wolf. I think you'd appreciate it. Cause if you like folks like Draco and uh, Rembo, yep, yep. Uh, with their sort of like quippy, right yet like insightful street you know uh whatever lessons basically yep um you know what i'm saying like you'll you'll definitely fuck with uh bruiser wolf um also that like kind of like you know unique pocket that he's that he's sort of like tapping into or wrapping in you know what i mean yep. um similar to like sim I don't know. Similar to like, yeah, somewhere between the E40 and like a Draco the Ruler, I think is is where I, I put Bruiser yeah, Wolf. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. And and he yeah. writes in these one-liners. I think he gave an interview where he's like writing one-liners on like napkins and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like piecing it all together. Yeah. Which the reason a lot of people aren't doing that, and it sounds so unique, is because I'm sure it's incredibly fucking hard to just have like. <laughs> A thousand jokes and piece it together into a song. Well, it's hard to sell it if you don't have charisma. It's mm. hard to sell it if you're if you lack like the voice and the the animation or whatever, like the pomp. I guess like the pomp in a way to like do the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. <laughs> or the gusto. No, no. So you don't gotta be pompous, but you you know you gotta have some gusto, which is like something I go back to. Yeah, you, you gotta have, have the spice. Yeah. You gotta have the spice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, that's what, like, yo, like, the way people talk about, like, that's why I go back to Draco the Ruler again. It's just like, yo, like, the the, line, the one-liners you can get from, from this guy, it's like, Draco's, like, Bruiser Wolf and Prodigy put together to me, where it's just, like, these, like, crazy, like, very nuanced kind of, like, street, uh, like, com- coming from a lived experience on the street or whatever, right? But then, yep. like, these like life lessons are like packed within this thing about like, you know, an op, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bruiser, like, no, you and know, I, I, just Bruiser Wolf I mean, has like that, mm-hmm. that pizzazz to like do the thing where it's just like, I, you could string all these like one liners and pack a lesson into it as well is what I'm trying to say. I, and I would say like the same way I said, Andrew, uh, has the best first song of the year for me. 
Mama Was a Dope Fiend might be my favorite ending song of the year mm. because the whole time I think people are enjoying the one-liners, the odd flow. They're like really into this and, and, and having a fun time. And Mama Was a Dope Fiend is a serious song. The way he performs it is very serious. And it's, it's great. It's just a great way to close it and to be like real shit in here, you know? Um, so I, I think the world of that, I think the decision to close on that is just absolutely pitch perfect. And one of the not, something fresh. Not all fun and games, you know what I'm saying? Like no, there's man. reality here. Yeah. Levels, levels <laughs> this year. Now, number eight, I don't think I should talk a lot about because I wrote a jillion words on it. Uh, it's my favorite album of 2021. Anybody who hasn't read the piece, I actually wrote about why this is my favorite album of 2021. And I got really green to give me a little blurb on what makes this album special. Willie Green has been with Prem since the beginning. So hearing his commentary on what makes this album the, the maturation that it is uh, that meant everything um, that that was incredible I can't thank him enough um, I can't thank Prem enough for sitting with me and talking to me with about it uh, Kay do you have anything to say about this one yeah I I think uh, there I I think death on the installment plan I go back to that at least twice twice or three times a week that's like one of my favorite songs that have come out this year. Uh, I, I I just think it's it's phenomenal. Yep. And yeah. this this whole project was really great, and he he did a lot of work because what I liked about it is the diversity of producers on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think that he had is it little brother is it no large large professor uh, small small pro small, small professor small professor yeah small pro I super size yeah, I thought the chemistry him and Small Professor had was incredible. I mean, shout out Brain Orchestra, Apollo Kids. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, Brain Orchestra did great work. Lots of people did just killing it, Messiah Music on that. Yeah, yeah Messiah Music, Small Pro, yeah. crazy, super yeah. crazy. Um, this, is, this is also another one to the list of like, statement albums around kind of like what would be the the I don't know what you want to call it but like it's like a certain level of a certain lane of like narrative that isn't about it I don't know maybe maybe someone could change this later on or whatever change change my mind on this but like I feel like this and Def C for instance have like a very um just do a lot of justice to like the ordinary the so-called ordinary um working so-called working man narrative you know what i mean mm -hmm. Good where point. it's like it's like this it's kind of like the blues on just like it's not like blown out superhero right, whatever right, right. like it's not it's not this big fiction around like um inflating the ego so to speak right. you know what i mean uh you know it's not this like conway king of the hill or griselda 
or even like even no, it's much more, in a lot of ways where yeah, it's just it's like it's not rum diary it's much more 100 mm-hmm. times rum diary than it is any of that it's uh, like some tom tom waits kind of yeah kind of shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. um which like yeah i think is you know yeah it's relatable to there's like a certain level of like relation that you get to that because like not all of us not you know if you if you're not in the streets there's only so much you could tap into with um certain artists you know what i'm saying certain certain things especially in like the underground rap whatever whatever grimy street shit or whatever like if you don't know a lot about that life or whatever or if you, yeah. you know this there's only but so far you can kind of go with it especially with certain folks and how they channel that energy you know what i mean right and how they choose to speak about it but like with things like this i feel like you know these are like in the lane of I guess like your asap rock mm-hmm. sort of but you know, I don't want. I'm not trying to compare them either. I don't want to compare anyone to anyone else. Actually, honestly, but uh, yeah, this is that. Like this, this is like some bluesy type rap. I, I, I really, I really fuck with it. I think, I think Prem does. Uh, I think Prem is like a, a really brilliant fucking writer. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. I, was, I will say to number seven. We're talking Raquel Rodriguez, Sweet Side. I will ride or die for this album. Uh, I will not. I will not give up. Uh, if you've ever loved R and B and the history of it, you know, Tony Braxton to you know Mariah Carey, you will love Sweet Side because it showcases all these angles, all these different angles of R and B very intelligent um and it's a beautiful voice and i just think it i just think it hits perfect and i it was one of those albums that when new albums would come in i'd be like can i move it i'm like i can't move it can't move mm. um this is my things my stubborn deal um i raised my pizza my new york pizza to that album <laughs> If you if you want more details, we talked uh, a lot about it on the mid year as well. So yeah, uh, holding strong. Number six, Haram, Armand Hammer, Alchemist. You know what? It turns out this is a really good album. Um, I you know what? Yeah. This is a really good album, and um, I think I had fallen out of it for a while because like there was too much, too many people arguing about it. And I was just like, I'm going to listen to other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kay, we went to that show. Yeah. And you were like, you were like, man, I've been listening. This shit is good. Uh, yeah, I think seeing it live really unlocked it for me. Uh, because I think listening to it originally, I think my criticism was that I didn't feel that chemistry between, uh, between the two. Um. So seeing it live and seeing them bounce off of each other and seeing them, you know, the reverence that and respect and love that they had for each other kind of opened up the album for me and, 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 uh, and made me appreciate it and see how, like, what they were rapping on each song was connected. Like, I, I felt a connection watching them live more so than I did listening to them. It's and you you had felt originally that like 
they were making different albums. Yes. And that, that was kind of, the, and I think that's a valid thing, but I, I, it's such a memorable album. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is a special moment in their like in their uh, canon. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't think uh, again, like I don't think this is this is this isn't paraffin or like a normal like Arm and Hammer album because you know you have you have the Alchemist in there and it's it's just it's something different. You know, what I mean, I, I I wouldn't even compare it to like shrines or, or anything else. Um, it's just it's a different sort of energy. Um, but also, I like I like the fact that it started to make sense to, uh, to make more sense to UK when you saw them live. They yeah. are a motherfucking force live. Like, no, like dude, yeah. I, I saw you know what I mean like I you know I don't share your same sentiments as far as like those two making di- two different albums when you hear it or when you first heard it, so to speak. Yeah. But also like <laughs> I can understand. And I, but more so, I love the fact that you like that started to connect once you saw the thing in person because I've had that experience with other artists or even musical forms before, you know what I mean? And I was just like, oh, once I once you see it in front of you, it's yeah. just like, oh, this makes sense. And you see it kind of in its like cultural element as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite K Diggy moments of the year was K just picking apart this album and saying, you know, I, I don't get it. Uh, but, but in a loving way and not, not in a shitty way, uh, not in a takedown way. So I, I just adore that. And it, for me, I'll always remember this album as an incredibly emotional Woods album where he gave some incredibly emotional verses uh, that were very tapped into his emotions and where over Alchemist production, Elusive became this incredible instrument. Oh man, that incredible. like I knew Billy Woods. Like I knew Billy Woods was good, but seeing Elusive live and just seeing the energy—it was like you could feel it. It's a palpable energy, uh, and that really, like, seeing his energy live really made his verses like pop for me. He's, he's uh, yeah, Elusive, Elusive live solo or with arm and hammer it's something yeah. to actually fucking behold like he set off the silent weapons like the he set off a ptp uh co-drive like a couple weekends ago like he was the first like he did the he set it off like he wasn't the closer the whatever like we don't do the hierarchy thing it was just like everyone everyone's a fucking closer you know what i'm saying everyone's yeah. fucking crazy so like and like the way he set he set the tone jeez Jeez Louise. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I yo, once when 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 the Lucy comes back on a solo vibe or anything, just whenever Lucy's in your town, catch him. Like that cat is one of the illest I've ever seen. Like, no lie. Like, and also one of the illest writers I've ever come across. Yeah. Like for real, for real, for real. So if I can put a stamp on it, I would say I just checked my list. I have Elucid as the 39th best rapper to ever rap. <laughs> Wait, what? all right this is a whole call me in on that one when we get to that time but holy smokes 39 he is <laughs> an all-time talent um anyway where does sir mix a lot fall on that <laughs> <laughs> that episode 
But so number number five is Isaiah Rashad. The house is burning, and it's a top five album for me. It's it's the best thing that they've released in years. TDE. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Isaiah Rashad is an incredible talent, uh, and they're they're very lucky to have him. they, I, I don't know. Is J Rock the second best rapper on TDE right now since uh, Kendrick's gone? Kendrick's out, right? Ooh, you Schoolboy Schoolboy Q's on there. Schoolboy uh, Q's on there, but I think yeah, J Rock has J Rock has an argument. J Rock has. Oh, J- I have to hear. I would have to hear. I, I actually, I was talking to Dylan Cinemasai about this album, or rather, like. He recommended it to me as well. Um, I have not tapped in yet, but I've been meaning to, or rather it's on my queue. Um, but to hear also that J-Rock is still rapping, because also I didn't, I have not paid attention to TD too much, but I was a big Schoolboy Q fan yeah. out of all of them Love the most, to be yeah. honest. Um, so if you're telling me like J-Rock outshines Q in your world or whatever, then I'll definitely check. I mean, yeah, I'm going to check this regardless. Yeah, Rashad, yeah. I mean, this is an incredible album because TDE had a sound, but I think it started to bury them a little bit. I think that the soft tones of their sound started to wear down a little bit in the public sphere because production's gotten so inventive. The House is Burning allows him to pull Duke Deuce into the song and like really bring in rambunctious elements, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tut, shout out Tut. Uh, who's who's coming YG Tut like bring in these people that are like really killer interesting southern acts from from Memphis and merge what what he does and what they do with the TDE sound into this new thing it's really beautiful Um, and by the way there are people who are like this album isn't about anything lyrically it is you have to find it it's if there's a He's really, he's really nonchalant, but nonchalantly talking about terrifying things, and that that dichotomy is important. Uh, yeah. I guess want to know more about that. The Dead End Hip Hop review of this album. You know who sits in? Yo Phillips joins the discussion, and they ask Yo Phillips. To explain the tight what he thinks the title means, and that is an important moment. Yeah, I have to tap into that. Yeah, I have to tap into dead and hip hop a little bit more too. Yeah, no, I, 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 I had my reservations because from what I understand, they when they reviewed shrines, I think they someone was shitting on Akai Solo, and I, I want that person's head on a stick. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's fucking asinine. You listen to Armor Hammer's out. You listen to Armor Hammer album, and so like, and you you don't understand Akai Solo. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, Akai <laughs> Solo is gonna look. I uh, look. Just understand. That's all I gotta say. Um, no, that's cool. I mean, they, they <laughs> the table usually with a bunch of different opinions, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not a consensus. Sure. You know, so I'm, I'm, no, no, yeah, I respect it. Uh, but what the hell was I gonna say? 
Oh, it's like when people say that shit about like Max Supreme, like he's always oh, not rapping about it. He's not talking about anything. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. It's, it's, it's weird when people, because just because they're like making, you know, they're, they're in a certain pocket or like they're doing a certain yeah. form of like rap, like all of a sudden they're not, uh, they don't have so-called content and like well, substance or whatever. Like, yeah. nah, man, you gotta relax. There's people who, there's people who hear Southern rap and can't hear it as anything but stupid. And East Coast ears, right? Uh, typically how they... I think that's what it gets covered up as, but I don't know. I feel like there's like a subtly like, I think there's like a weird racist element to that shit. Honestly, like, I'll be, what are you talking uh, yeah, about? Makes sense. I mean, to be real, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people yeah. can argue all they want and be like, "Oh no, it's just technicality. It's just like it's East Coast shit." But you're not used to the drawl or whatever. It's just like, shut, come on, yo. Like, we all grew up on the fucking scar, scar faces, and I mean, you know, you listen to like Riding Dirty, like. Bun B and Pimp C are both like we grew up on Outcast and all that shit. Fuck out of here! Like yeah. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to hear that shit. Like makes sense. You know. So yeah. Anyway, that's my like no, spiel about that. I I really fuck with the Maxo. Um, what I did hear about the Max, what I did hear from Maxo Cream's album, yep. um, thus far, like I really actually like that. That shit opens up crazy too. So oh, crazy, crazy. That's I know previous episode, but no, just want to big that up. Big up. So. Speaking of racism, let's talk little Robert Hutton, Curly Castro, my number four favorite, my number four best album of the year. There, I, I, I really had to wrestle on this. And just, I put it in a playlist with I Self Divine and listened to each song back to back, and it was a beautiful experience. I would say there are not five albums in the world in 2021 better than little Robert Hutton. There are not. There just aren't. Uh, it's a career-defining work. It's really an enormously important album. Um, yeah, with all the people on it that you'd want. You know, you've got Billy Woods rapping with Mr. Lift. I mean, they, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, Breeze Bruin. You got Breeze Bruin on there. Like Breeze Bruin says that his flow is like Puerto Rican judo on this. I mean, that's fucking amazing. Making the making the the uh, the Cameron horse and carriage reference. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. uh no, nah, I mean, shouts to shouts to Castro. This this is this is again, we're seeing a lot. Of, we're seeing some folks reach this reach like a certain level of where they're making like statement, fucking like these like people are gonna reflect back on this one. You know what I'm saying? And I think after this lived up to the build that he had with the verse on Haram. Cause it was like, oh shit, like Castro, like that just the fuck puff line, people were like, oh, like people got wet. And it was just like after that, you know what I mean? Like after that, yeah. he, he drops this yeah. shit. Right. Mm -mm. He was ready, man. He's a, he's a very intuitive, very thoughtful person. And I think um it's, he got the best out of everybody on the album, right? Maybe my favorite Zilla verse of the year is Free Huey, uh, Free Huey Fitted. Fitted right? yeah. it's, uh, it's an incredible verse where he breaks down a lot of interesting history in an interesting way. Um, 
you know, and he, Castro made sure everyone was on theme for what the song was trying to achieve, no matter how big the name were it was, no matter how, you know, who it was, they had to be in the right place in the right time over the right beat. There's a lot of beat switches on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of very thoughtful beat switches, movie interludes. There's like a lot of threads that come together. Yeah. And also just the, the, I mean, also speaking about like the intentionality behind, I mean, I think y'all realize like, you know, this is, this is like a, a black power album. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got Zilla on there. You got Def C on there. You got, uh, you know, I know Def C and Prem too. Right. 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 Uh, is Alaska on there too? I believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. But point is like, you know, Castro's, I think Castro had, you know, has like a, had a plan. I mean, he says, he talks about that on like the Call Out Culture Liner yep. Notes episode. And I believe on uh, another interview I heard uh, around the time. Mine. I believe it was yours. It was yes, great, it was yours. Great, and, you know, uh, mentions how like he had to have a conversation with Def C. You know, he and Zilla were talking about things. Yep regarding like their their place on the album and i just think like that there's like a there's a wit and sort of like a yeah there's this like nod to coalition like accomplishment not allyship i don't i don't fuck with allyship but like accomplishment and like how like folks can be in the trenches together um you know for something that you know affects the one greater than the other so to speak so yeah well said, like just yeah. yeah yeah just choices well well made choices so to speak and like with intention so hats off for real yeah. that shit is crazy a culturally like a very black album <clears throat> uh, but it not just in a black power way in terms of the messaging in terms of a cultural way that the like the the album does such an incredible job saluting black film right mm-hmm. and black movies that like i grew up on right like mm-hmm. and just clips from that and um it's such a cool thing right uh to have all that mixed with the messaging um and there's songs on there like i don't think anybody else could give you black august in four parts like right. that's him like he's he's got to be the one to give you that yeah and also just lastly to that point, like uh, and to the to that the whole point of like the album and its messaging and whatnot, I don't like it's not one of those traditional sort of like trope. It's not it's not the it's not doing the the costumey trope of like black liberation and we're just channeling, you know, like it's not doing like the Black Panthers trope where it's like aesthetically just signaling towards the thing, but like not challenging or channeling the narrative in a way that's that shows like a actual like depth of like understanding as well as lived experience you know what i'm saying like i see you see a lot of that with like folks who don't who are just kind of like i like you know i'm a so-called conscious rapper but then it's just like like i you read a wikipedia article about this shit like you don't you you know what i mean like you're still you're you're quoting you're quote you're quoting like eldridge cleaver and like you don't know like the fuckery around, <laughs> around all of that totally. shit. Like totally. 
You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's I mean, again, you know, I this isn't this isn't some face value shit. So, you know, props to props to Castro for putting this fucking thing together. Uh and also the whole team evolved, obviously. I know it's it's a village, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for the for the, yeah, because you're right, there's a lot of pro black albums out there that are kind of vaguely pro black albums. This right. is beautifully specific. And you watch, you remember when you saw Castro live, there's just something about him that takes up the whole stage where the crowd is, is just watching and riveted by it. Yeah. I mean, there's an, he has, he has the energy to him, but it's energy backed by an intelligence that you can, you can mm-hmm. feel. Yep. Yep. Salute to him. So the next two were are kind of connect, right? So you can't, I don't know. I would go number three is Salt Nine. Number mm-hmm. two is Little Sims. Sometimes I might be introverted. Introvert, sorry. Um, and th- this is like the kind of inflow pocket, right? Inflow had a really important effect on on my listening in this year. Uh, and Salt is really cool because Salt Nine. It, it has these, these beautiful songs on it, uh, this beautiful run of songs like in the middle, but it also has some really rambunctious London gangs, you know, um, yeah. it has just a lot of interesting different feels to it. Sure. Uh, I just, I just loved it. So um, who is it? Salt? Not alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought that it was, this was probably one of my favorite albums. Salt Nine was probably one of my favorite uh, albums of the year. I just think the way it was constructed, yep. uh, you know, the music, it, it is also, I know that you've talked about the concept, Dan, of, you know, being able, like a song being good when you're able to read the lyrics as well without the music. Yes. And yep. the lyrics stand out. There, there are multiple songs uh, on here where you could just read the lyrics without the music and they still would resonate with you. Right. No. Uh, as well. And that run, Bitter Streets, Alcohol, You From London, it's, that's a hell of a run. Yeah. Uh, of songs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just an interesting, you know, trap life. This, it's an album that means something. Uh, but it's bangable in the car. Great mixture. Absolutely. You from London, you from London is one of my and, and that's it's funny because I, I I think it's a jam, but when I when I I I accidentally not accidentally I, I watched a lyric video of it. So the song with lyrics. And when I saw the lyrics and what she was actually singing about, uh it, it was like wow, like I, I've heard this song like 10 you know, maybe 10, 20 times, and I did not pick up on that. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great album, dude. Uh, Little Sims, sometimes I might be introvert. Uh, is I, It's my number two album of the year. Uh, and it did something that I don't, I don't, I think it's the best pop rap album of the year. Yeah. Because when you come to when it comes to pop rap, you want to be able to get your meal too. 
you want to have a journey that you take with the author, but you want to have your radio fun, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the album that gave you. It was it it leaned into a big grandiose sound. Yeah. That made it different from everything else. Yeah, I think this was one of those star making albums. You know what I mean? Like this this year, this was a huge year for Lil Sims. I mean, she was in she was in the latest Venom, the latest Marvel movie. Yep, yep. Uh, so this was this was that year that and I don't feel like we really had a lot of like those star making albums this year where you know there there had been an artist that had bubbling that, that had been bubbling and then they dropped the, the project. I mean not necessarily, I mean, on the big, st- on, on the main stage, like mainstream hip hop, definitely on the underground that, that's happening every month. But on the mainstream, we hadn't really had uh, any artists that really made that jump, in my opinion. And, and I think Little Sims with this album kind of made that jump. Yep. It's a beautiful album. There's a lot of good lyrical stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you hear a lot more folks bigging her up this year more than any other you know what i'm saying more than any other year so yeah i think there's there's definitely a lot of truth to that um i still gotta really 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 tap into this one uh as well but it's one that i've been meaning to 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 hit um yeah i do i, I fucks with little sims though for sure absolutely so, hell yeah she's not new she's she's been dropping she's, yeah she's hot shit for for four five years now five years now some shit yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's hot. So she she's and Woman is such a great single. It's such an incredible video. Uh, there's such an elegance to the way she carried herself uh, with this stuff. Where you can whether you're watching her on the NPR tiny desk or in videos, she's like wearing something cool in an interesting environment, and the cinematography is amazing. She's one of those people like if she's doing it, it's going to be done well. Absolutely. No intention, intentionality. There we go. Yep. I there love you. Go. I hate you is an incredible song. She bared, she bared herself in a lot of these lyrics. There's a lot of sincerity there and her flow is awesome. And part of that Nigerian UK wave, but really to your point, Kay, the organization of this makes it marvelous, right? Makes mm-hmm. it uh, a great journey. Yeah. Uh, and here's, so here's my, Number one, I listened, I became a subscriber on Patreon to the Dad Bod Rap Pod. One of their extra bonus features was uh, being not enthused about Ka a Martyr's Reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do there. They've been some crit- critics of, uh, of Ka, which I, I attribute that to their like super West Coast. I, I do call that some West Coast shit though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, I and I, but they're in different levels. No, I mean, I, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. Of the other okay. stuff. I think Damone is not is not really into it, but I think yeah, yeah, yeah. has been in the past. But I would say they none of them feel connected to a martyr's reward. And I think their point was he had this incredible run of like this is about samurais, but it's about me. This is about chess, but it's about me. This is about you know, uh, Greek mythology, but it's about me. And this, what is this about really? Uh, and I was like, that's why this is so much better to me than De- Descendants of Cain. This album, what is it about? It's about Kasim Ryan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. This is a very personal album. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just very, it's incredibly clever in terms of the bars. You know, I need all that. Uh, Come on. Stop. You know, what he, I, I, this is my favorite album of the year. Uh, and it's, you know, we talked about it a little bit when we talked about the Mick Jenkins elephant in the room, right? Where, you know, it, when you put out these grandly designed uh, utopian albums, right? That are worlds people can live in, people get addicted to that. Mm-hmm. And they want it again. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, they're like, this one really isn't that. But because this shed that, I felt like there was so much more of him in it. Yeah. Yeah. Lines from Peace, Peace, Peace. Sad to say. Uh, there's just so much, you know, with all my heart. There's so much in here that is about healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the healing is, oh, go, yeah, go ahead. No, go, 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 go. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this album, because I, you know, my my introduction to Kyle was a couple of years ago through, through Dan. And I always, my initial reaction to Kyle was I was very detached. Like, he's very uh, stoic in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think with Descendants of Cain, like near the end, particularly Mimi, I love, we started to see more of his personality. And then with this project, more he 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 display he started to display more sides and more angles of his personality and charisma that I hadn't seen in past projects. And so that's why it really resonated with me because he kept his high level of penmanship. Uh, and, you know, his thoughtfulness and his, uh, you know, his craftsmanship for his craft for lyrics. But at the same time, he started to inject more of his personality into into the to the lyrics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like I think all of his albums, because like. Speaking to folks who like, I don't know, I put like this like you can go back to grief pedigree yep yep you know where ka like there's iron works before that but like go to grief pedigree that's where ka i feel like fully like realized his voice and really more so the world that he was to dwell in as far as like the production really it's the production especially on by by grief pedigree, it's a leap from Ironworks and anything kind of prior to that. Right. Um, and uh, you know, visually as well, you know, he, you you kind of get this full package. This like again, like it's very 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 full. Um, he's a host that that gives you a spread. You know what I'm saying? And I think everything that. I think almost this harkens back to grief pedigree where it is that thing of, you know, grief pedigree was Ka, I, I feel like, you know what I mean? But it's like, he, he gave you all these other sort of like pseudo mythologies, 
pseudo fictions. And I call them pseudo because they're actually all extensions or just different projections of his of, of self right, right, from right. the host. You yep. know what I mean? So you're getting all these little, you know, stories being told or life experiences and lessons being told through the use of these various mythologies or, or, or um, archetypes or whatever you, uh, right. whatever have you, but you know, boom, he's back to, he's kind of come full circle and he's, he's back, he's sort of back on the ground with it. And, you know, uh, hmm, I think, yeah, I don't even know if I'd say that it's, it's, it's even more charisma or anything like that. I just think like, after all that traveling, you're going to have some shit to say. You're going to have more things. And after the year and, and change that he's had but since uh, Sense of Kane and making and dropping that. And then, you know, what was it, 2020? Like, this album was definitely, like, penned in 2020, 2021, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, you could hear that in, in songs like... Uh, uh, I mean, you could hear that really throughout. But the, the one joint you mentioned... Um, I'm fucking up the title now, but uh, I need that. Need all that. Yep. I need all that. Right. 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 Um, you know, I think I think it's sort of. Uh, I think also like someone who's operating, the way he does, from what I understand or whatever. Like, you know, he takes his break and and kind of t- you know he uses time to his advantage. So he's he's living that experience. And right. also just sort of like cooking, like, you know, he's slow cooking these thoughts and like these, like, mm. so, you know, that's why he can come up with a concept and live and live, live to that through an album. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why he can like say the, you know, the wise, the sagely things that he does while also keeping a balance of, you know, everything else that you love Ka for or other things that you didn't even realize until you really listened to that album for the third or fifth time or the, the, the mm-hmm. 10th time, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you don't, you don't spend, you don't spend a single listen with Ka. You, you, you live with that. You kind of grow with that album. Each album is, is, is laps and laps and laps. You know what I mean? It's a full race versus, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So for me, um, yeah, I mean, this is just one of those. It's just like another moment where he just caught fire again. You know what I'm saying? Like I would caught, rather caught lot, bottled up lightning. Like he was just on some like, yeah, it's back to square one again. It's back to like, it's back to Ka, back to Kasim. You know what it's, I mean? It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to watch him manifest himself into these these other cultures or other history parts. And watch him come out of it still himself. That's an incredible yeah. thing. I don't want him to lose that. I don't want to insult that to people who love that. I, I love that too. Uh-huh. But something really special about dropping that and just sitting in the room with him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this album felt like that for me. Like I could really sit in the room with him. Um, maybe, maybe it's something about like, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's relatable in like a way that the other sort of conceptual stuff isn't, so to speak, because we're not speaking, we're not, there's no fantasy angle or, or fictional or mytho- mythological angle to it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's literally like onion 
just the layers are just like, it's just the core, so to speak, the foundation. And also like the, yo, and then, you know, Navy, he's got, he's got nephew, nephew, Navy, Navy blue on there. And it's, it's like this, this, this nice interplay between the two. Wait, Navy's on it, right? Yeah. yeah Navy's yeah. on it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Cause I, I get confused between Navy's album sometimes and, and cause, um, but I like spent a lot of time with this when it first dropped. And again, it's, this is, this is going to be like, I don't know. I go, I go back to, I'll have my time with all of his albums going back yeah. to him years, oh, yeah. years and years later. So like, I still go back to like brief pedigree. I still go back to honor killed the samurai. Yen Lo is like one of my oh. favorites in, in the whole canon but like that also oh, changes by the day Please. come on yeah shout out to my god preservation um but like yeah this one is like i you know chef's kiss i don't even yeah. i i'm not surprised it's, it's on the top you know what i mean like yeah. um i have no i have nothing but like i'm in agreement hi okay yeah. <laughs> uh, i would say that if i wanted to really frame it what's the difference my least favorite Ka album is Orpheus versus the Sirens. Um, and the reason is Greek mythology has so much to it. It's such an incredibly large world. Ka really felt the, the need to reference as much as he could reference, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Those references were working all the time and it became abstraction, right? Mm -hmm. like, you imagine if everyone in your favorite TV show was wearing a red hat every episode? Mm. Different red hats. And by, oh, I'd, by, the, I'd by like... the second season, you'd be like, I can't deal with it. What the fuck is going on? Right? Like, <laughs> that was Orpheus versus the Sirens. Whereas this album strips that away. And so he does, he's still slick and barring up, but it doesn't have to keep coming back to the thing so right what so how do you feel about this versus descendants of Cain? okay me yeah you uh i mean i really love descendants of Cain. same that's that's uh i mean i think uh mimi i love that's my favorite costume mm -hmm. uh i lo love that song um but I, I, I think, so I, I think my personal preference is probably Descent of Cain, but I, I, I like, I think this one is a lot, is a lot better because, not a lot better, but it's better because of the growth. Uh, as I said, you could see more of his personality in this one, as well as the experimentation with sound. And, you know, he's, he's a lot more, in, in his own way, he's a lot more loose. Mm. as compared to the uh, to the other albums I've heard from him. Oh, man. It's such a great place to put us because a lot of the top 25 people that we're talking about, it was about growth, right? Yeah. Whether we're talking about Alaska, whether we're talking about Curly Castro, whether we're talking about, you know, yeah, whatever, Prem Rock, Def C. Def like, C, right. Yep, Ka. Like, these are people who have grown with their work. I self-divine. I self-divine, holy smoke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have people who have been sharpening their sword forever. And I think there was one, 
there was one discussion I was having about what is a rapper, right? And I came to the point where I was like, it does whether you're a rapper isn't about whether you're good or not. It's about whether you rap. Like, are you rapping? Right? Like mm-hmm. you are you always rapping? Like if you are, if you're singing, if you release R and B album this year, a rap album that year, you're kind of in all these different lanes. To me, I, I, I can't recall you a rapper because there's dudes out there doing nothing but getting better at this. Mm-hmm. They're getting better at this. Their whole lives. You know? Like they dedicate mm-hmm. their whole life to this. So I love Donald Glover. He's not a rapper. Cause a rapper. And that's that's just my opinion. But like that's the respect I have for the craft of what is going on. That, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. That's are we are we doing are we doing recommendations? I think instead of recommendations, we, we oh if you have one, you throw it out there. Yeah, I have two things that have, that we're not that we didn't speak about. We don't have to speak about them by any means. I just want to drop them real quick. Uh, things that are on my like two other favorites of the year on my list that I would recommend uh, both of y'all and everyone else listening to to tap into. Uh, one, absolute, probably definitely one of my favorite albums this year, Easy, Easy, is album by Lorraine, L apostrophe R-A-I-N, uh, I just want to make sure I'm not fucking up. Yeah, it's it's one end because um, I think the social media. Anyway, it's my friend Taja, and uh, I mean her, her the the debut Lorraine album was incredible. Um, this album it's called Fatigue. This new joint, and it's like it's like the album title suggests that it's going to be some heavy shit, right? And it is indeed some heavy shit. But what it doesn't do is drown you in it. What it doesn't do is hold your head under the water for that long. It's actually like a pretty short listen because half the half the, 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 the joints on there are like these voice memos and like field, little field recording interludes. So you have this like these moments of like uh, a breath, so to speak between like these like beautiful crazy time signature sort of like these technical i don't know it's it's jazz funk fusion i gotta check uh you know this shit is crazy i mean crazy and there's a joint where i was like i texted her i was like yo this sounds like this reminds me of like camp low um spanish i think it's spanish harlem it was it was off of uptown saturday night there's like one joint on there it's like got the got the got that flavor but uh it's and the videos are crazy just yo this shit is fucking like jaw to the floor i can't give my recommendation i can't give a heavy enough recommendation uh she deserves all her fucking flowers for real for real for real it's on Bandcamp. i found fatigue and already fatigue, yeah i pulled yeah. it up too i think uh, i think i believe it's on mexican summer maybe the the label but the, the, lorraine has a i believe lorraine they they have a band camp already yep. or whatever yep. like their own yep. mm-hmm. um 
and then um yeah find it get that uh it's gorgeous um and see them live because you will probably cry um then you also have killer priest who had one of my favorite albums of last year with rockets and nebula yep, you know yep. killer priest has a lot of releases definitely every year i feel like right um i tapped out for decades like since heavy metal i kind of tapped out yep. but uh you know and there was a killer priest round table i believe right i did it with castro and sharif yeah <laughs> yeah and that was brilliant um and there's a lot of great points there what killer priest did after that round table this year or oof was lord sun heavy metal 1.1 that uh, that is the killer priest album to listen to if you enjoy killer priest heavy mental the song if you enjoy rockets and nebula if you enjoy killer priest rapping over like movie scores in reverse and yes. just speaking about earth and and an alien and civilization origin stories from like literal like adam to 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 now or whatever like trust like it's it is that shit it is like it's basically like the sequel to um yeah rocket to nebula in that same style there's no like i don't think there's a drum on the album or like not a drum that's programmed and it's, it's madness it's fucking crazy so yeah and shout out we uh I, summer's end cafe as well uh which you know uh big flowers covered for dutopia mm. That's a heck of an album too, with, with the whole bossa nova vibe to it. <laughs> I got to tap into that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was uh, but shout out to Flowers. Uh, shout out to the Dutopia uh, column. It is brilliant. Uh, and also thank you for the love on some of the PTP stuff that's been uh, highlighted over there. We love it. Yeah. So Kay, give me one thing in 2022 that you'd like to see more of. The theme is uh, intentionality. I, I really want to start seeing. I really want to start seeing people's best shots. Let's go, okay. Particularly on the on the main on the mainstream. I think the underground is. I don't. I don't worry about them. But the. I mean, the mainstream artists, the big stage. I. I don't see anyone. It, I don't see anyone doing anything new. I don't see anyone really pushing their their level of skill. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see more of a focus on craft as opposed to just making product. Yeah, let's hard. fucking go. Let's it's go, hard. Kay. Good. Yes. I love it. So I would, yeah, keep, keep tuned in, uh, you know, with PTP, Free Music Empire, uh, you know, read some bell hooks. Uh, yeah. Rest yep. in power, Bell Hooks. Rest in power, Greg Tate. Come on. Yep, yep. Still, yeah. Still miss you, Prodigy Scorsese. You know, RIP and love. Facts. Facts. Facts.